I'm Chris Ronzio. Welcome to Organize Chaos. Welcome to Organize Chaos. Take a page out of other business leaders' playbooks and get candid advice from Chris Ronzio. People, processes, productivity, and how to organize your life around it all. Join neuroscientist, management trainer, and extreme adventurer, Amy Posey, as she talks through how increasing your emotional intelligence and establishing more meaningful connections will make you a better boss. Amy and Trainual CMO, Jonathan Ronzio, will talk through the science of empathy and emotion in the workplace and how to care more deeply and holistically about the individual members on your team. The following audio is part one of four. All right, for uh, for everybody who doesn't know Amy, um, well, let's start with actually my background before Trainual was in the adventure world. It's still a major part of my life, but prior to launching Trainual for many, many years, uh, I was an adventure content creator, traveling all over the world, climbing mountains and doing these incredible expeditions. Um, and then actually we crossed paths uh, facilitating and speaking with a company called the AIP Group, uh, formerly Peak Teams, where you were the CEO. And, uh, and then you actually left to start your own company, Super Mega Boss. And you have since actually released a book called Wild Success, which is just fantastic. Uh, and that was just a few weeks ago, I think. Um, but I am so happy to, to invite you here. Uh, everybody, you know, Amy is a neuroscience-backed uh, leadership development facilitator. So with that, thank you. Thank you, Jonathan. And yes, I'm I'm super excited because um, I, you know, like most of us, have got an interesting background, like lots of different is, interests and passion, and the adventure world is definitely one of them. Um, this is a, a labor of love and probably a decade of going on adventures and learning what it really takes to do some really crazy things. Um, it's stories from seven actually eight adventurers who've gone out and done some uh, amazing things from setting the record to the South Pole to going to the North Pole and rowing across oceans and big wave surfing and mountaineering and jet wing flying, like all these crazy stories. But what I learned is the things that um, people learn from those extreme adventures are things that we all need every single day. Because my, the other half of my life is I've spent the last year, 20 years of my life, consulting um, with companies, large and small, mostly tech companies, but human performance at work and connecting with individuals and being more empathetic and being more understanding and, and getting to know our behaviors. And so the, the two paths sort of are very similar because essentially adventure just means sort of expecting to go into something big, not knowing how it's going to come out. And I feel like business is often the same way, especially for entrepreneurs. And so the book has really cool adventure stories, but those are really just to get you emotionally engaged. There's really like good science and business lessons too, because I'm also a huge, huge geek. And I love the science of the brain. About um, eight years ago, I went and got a I, my background's in business, but I went and got a master's in applied neuroscience because I wanted to know like what's, what's ticking in here and how can we use and apply it. So yeah, I've got, I got lots going on. And then now, um, 
shifted about a year and a half ago to start my own thing. Um, had some experience in leaving a company, wanted to build and focus on that first line manager level. Because I feel like those who are just learning to be managers, they've got a hard job, made even harder by COVID. Thank you very much, COVID. But the idea that, um, you know, learning how to lead others as a frontline manager is a hard job. You screw up a lot and there's, you know, not enough great content to teach you how to do it well. So that's, that's kind of like me in a weird nutshell, in a, you know, the five minute intro, but I am stoked to be here. I have enjoyed everything so far. These are all topics that are near and dear to my heart. Well, I think it's a fantastic nutshell. And actually, I'd love to just unpack a little of what you talked about there in terms of um, you know, for many, many years, you you coached executives at Fortune 100 companies, but now you're focusing on the frontline manager, like the first level uh, learning to be a manager, right? Like how how does how does that differ? How do you approach uh, those two leadership types in a different way to make it more accessible to learn to lead? Yeah, I, I, I it's a great question because the the fundamentals, right? The human dynamics are the same. Right. And, and we're all human and we all have to learn how to relate to one another. And I feel like a lot of organizations have spent a lot of time and money on executive leaders. But how, how do they get good executive leaders? They do it by starting earlier in the process. And so I just remember ta having so many conversations in terms of the spend and the quality of materials that they would invest in a new manager, they'd sort of ship them off, sheep them to, you know, a day or two, <laughs> like, okay, now you're a manager, miracle, a miracle happens, and suddenly you're a manager. And it's like, oh, it takes so many years to learn how to do this. And I just watched companies not sort of worry about the care and feeding. And yet, this group of humans has so much impact and is really the first line on how culture gets shaped, how work gets done, how emergencies get fixed, how we handle crisis. And they're sort of looking up saying, how do I do this? And sometimes they've got good examples and good leaders in their organization, but oftentimes they're they're managing by Googling. And so I decided, you know what, how can I put my services to use to think about how is an emerging leader going to lead now? Because the way I learned, bunch of screw up, somebody oftentimes yelling at me, not being radically candor, just yelling at me that I screwed up, to be quite honest. Um, and not a lot of resources that I found useful. And I like I have a short attention span, so I'd also get bored. So now I'm like, okay, what what are the things that a new manager is going through and what do they need? And to me, it's like things have to be as exciting and as interesting as what they're looking at outside of work, or it's going to be boring. It's not going to stick. It's not going to be great. So that's where I'm spending a ton of my time is really digging in and talking about like, how is, how is learning and training um, to be a frontline manager changing? And, and what are those changes right now that are happening, not just with COVID, but just like the general mood shift on how we're learning and how do we make it exciting, fun, and, and interesting for someone to want to do this, right? Because it's like, okay, I can't see myself going to CEO 20 years from now. Like, that's too far. Like, what, what can I do now to, to grow and develop? And I think there's an eagerness and a hunger to do it, but it's maybe not being met in the way that people want it to be. It's not as mediate enough. It's not um, as empathetic as it could be. It's not tapping into sort of the humanity of what it takes to lead another human. 
Yeah, I love that. I, I think, you know, you mentioned what COVID is doing right now in terms of a challenge for, for that manager learning to manage, but it's also like the, the side of what you just talked about in terms of rethinking how to uh, frame learning, development, training in a more engaging way and meet people where they're at in terms of understanding the consumer attention graph and like what, where, where are they spending their time? What are they watching, learning, reading? Uh, and, and trying to hit on that level. And I think that's important from leadership development all the way through marketing and branding and advertising. And I think that this experience here, these virtual events and these Zoom calls where we're looking into each other's you know, homes, it's an accelerant to the authenticity that's needed to really connect, right? And I know you're passionate about just these authentic, wild, ridiculous experiences, right? Yeah, um, deeply passionate about it. Because I, the first... 10 or so years in my career, I started as a management consultant, which now I think has shifted a little bit. But back in the day, um, 20 years ago, and Kim talked about it, but like, be professional. (laughs) And that like, there was a certain don't be your authentic self at work. Um, Be professional, be fit this mold that we fit you in, which I didn't fit anyway. I my undergraduate degree was in poetry and somehow I landed in management consulting, which was weird and funny to me all the time. But, you know, I, I learned the ropes. I watched and I modeled behavior and there was sort of a formula. And I think that formula still exists to a certain extent in terms of how we operate with one another. But there's also this really interesting space of being authentic and what does it truly mean to bring your authentic self to work in everything that you do. And I would bring sort of hints of my authentic self and would get commentary about it. But then I, um, I stopped sort of not sort of bowing down to the fact that like, okay, I don't fit this mold and that's okay because I can still contribute in a very different way. And in fact, in the research that I did uh, in 2008, I found that those authentic moments, actually, when you let people bring their full self to work and bring all the interesting things that they have both in work and outside of work, you actually drive more innovation in an organization because people are thinking differently. They are bringing up different ideas that may have been taboo or not thought of before, not cool. Their, um, their breadth of what they're looking at outside of work actually brings different flavors and tastes to what you're trying to do. And so that sparked my idea of like, oh, okay, so if I bring my authentic self and everybody's bringing their authentic self, we're actually going to tackle problems in a much more interesting way. It gets messier. That's the trade-off. Um, it oftentimes takes more time. But the idea of, you know, I love poetry and I love the outdoors and adventure and I love neuroscience and I love just like weird, funny things like that. Like, it's just part of it is being able to understand what to bring in that moment and to to benefit others. If you look at it through the lens of letting people do this actually drives innovation and there's tons of research behind it. And from a neuroscience standpoint, it it allows people to be more creative. And so to me, it's like, oh, you can unlock that as a leader, as an organization, you are going to produce better ideas and, and not expecting, and I'm starting to see it, like don't hire people that are like you from a diversity and inclusion standpoint, but even even that, like just bring in a bunch of weirdos, like being in people that you don't expect to, to come up with these ideas and encourage that behavior um, in an empathetic way, of course, and within things that fit your culture, but 
thinking differently is where innovation comes from. And so mixing all these things and exposing even yourself to stuff that you're not used to. I'm doing stuff with a group of musicians. I have no musical skill whatsoever, but I'm facilitating sessions in a jazz studio to kind of get people, not yet, but when we get back to life in our new normal, but even watching people in a music studio, exposing yourself to the arts that you don't normally take part in, all of these things boost creativity from what I've found. And they're really fun and different. And so, you know, part of it is bringing that that weirdness to the to the table, it actually works from an innovation standpoint because there's excitement, there's novelty, there's challenge. Um, those are the things that actually fire up our brain's innovation engine. Hey, thanks for listening to Organize Chaos. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a review or share it with anyone in your network that you think could use this information. If you want to connect with me personally, please text me 480-531-8411 or connect with me anywhere on social at Chris Ronzio. Or you can connect with Trainual at Trainual, just like a training manual. See you next time.